Hello and welcome to Cold Pizza. My name is Rusty. I'm a pastor here at Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. This is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sunday. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher and tackle any further questions, applications, or other bits of leftover crust to chew on that didn't make it into the main meal. So grab a slice and join us this week with Pastor Jeff. Hey guys, how you doing? Good to have you here in the morning. We have uh, the, the Russ and Jeff Morning Show. Yes. Welcome to the Russ and Jeff Morning Show. <laughs> Is that actually a show? It could be. Russ and it's something in Jeff. Jeff's kind of a common name of all those like DJs from that were really popular in the 90s. There's that. And I also feel really bad because of Lego Movie, every like random cat that I see, I want to call Jeff. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, my it feels you know, belittling to you, and the fact that like a lot of people have dogs named Rusty, and like, oh, that's I had a true. dog named Rusty. You know, I don't like cats at all. I hate cats. I don't know anybody would like cats. Well, Matt has a barn full of cats. This is true. He well, does. Probably all named Jeff. Yeah, well, his dog looks looks like cats too. <laughs> you know, my uh, so Ben Johnson. He you ever seen the movie? Uh, is it Twenty One Jump Street, the new one? Oh yeah. Whatever. Channing Tatum. Yeah, and he's like, "My name is Jeff." <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see Ben Johnson, I've heard him do that. He's just know like, "My name is Jeff." <laughs> so every time that man FaceTimes me, which is all the time, <laughs> I'll answer and he'll be like, "My name is Jeff." <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That I've heard so him do funny. that. I didn't know what it was from. Yep. That makes it better. Oh, or playing basketball with him. <laughs> I make a layup, and he's like, "My name is Jeff." <laughs> Oh, I miss that guy. That's funny. We'll uh, pray for them. Yep. On that pagan land. Down in down in the hot land of Albuquerque. So this week's uh, sermon, as we continue and, and wrap up chapter 10 of Hebrews 32-39, was, but we are not of those who shrink back. No, we are not. We are not. And uh, while we are not Duran's folks, we are Yahweh's folks. We are. And we so do not run from a fight. Do not. So inside of that, we have this picture of perseverance that we set up with the liturgy. Um, and then it got rolling, and it was not a uh, drag your feet to the finish sermon, right? <laughs> no. It's amazing. So, I mean, briefly, there were your points this week where we call the past as you look to the first half of that uh, passage. And inside of that was four ways to grow a spine. And then the second part was responding in the present. So, so not just reflecting before, but to what is now. And we have six ways to grow your faith. Yeah. So I think uh, to help us understand why uh, part of where all this fighting comes from and why we're pushing so hard and not dragging into the end is this question of uh, what are we doing it for? Yeah. What What is this better possession that we have that's going to help us get that motivation or whatever else you want to call it? Yeah. So the author's already set up this idea for us of striving, making every effort to not fall away. And that's not just to like, hey, just keep going in the same direction. Now there is a need for running with patience, but he is saying like, like work hard, mm. pick up the pace a little bit, like lean into the tape. You can do more than you think you can do. And again, there's a need for patient running there, but but he's like, you need to put every ounce of effort that you have into this. Um, and so it's not a dragging your feet. Mm -hmm. it, it's a running with with um, finesse, running with excellence. And the reason that the people in our text um, yesterday who he's talking about were able to do so is because uh, they understood that they had this greater in quality now possession and this lasting forever 
possession in eternity. Mm, And that possession, in contrast to all the things materially that they had, um, even good things, Mm -hmm. right? Like even like their families um, or their their very lives, all that paled in comparison to this possession. And you begin to understand that this possession is not a thing. It's a person. It's Jesus. Um, and it reminded me of when we went through Exodus and Joshua as well, that the people of God began to understand that the promised land wasn't worth going to if God wasn't there. Yeah. Like he's the, he's the promise. Yeah. That's such a huge point. You know, that, and that's what, that's what makes, um, eternity with God, something to be desired. Mm-hmm. And grasped and to persevere for because in the end we we get to be with him because he's our greatest treasure so they had this better possession that that was worth more than anything like like take take every beautiful and good thing in the world that you love Mm -hmm. and put it on the scale Mm -hmm. like mountains and beautiful songs and poetry and flowers and and all these things put those things on the scale and then on the other side put Christ and he far outweighs anything. Like this is why he is this is why this man hanging upon the cross for a few short hours mm-hmm. is able to atone for the sins of the world because he is that much superior to everything. Yeah. Right? Like that's his worth. We are bought with the precious blood of Jesus, Peter says in 1 mm-hmm. Peter. So they they get that they understand that and so they had this better possession and therefore they had a better persuasion, right? It, not just in the message that they proclaimed, you know, the gospel is the good news, but in how they proclaimed it. Mm-hmm. They weren't willing to bow the knee to Caesar. Ultimately, they were willing to say, and this is the need of today: um, Christ is Lord, and there is no other. Mm-hmm. And that was powerful. That was that was scary to the authorities at the time. Yeah, like they didn't know what to do with these folks because they wouldn't stop. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't stop, and they were bold. And I think I said this yesterday. I think that there's this idea of the early Christian church that they were just kind of like, you know, walking around with their hands folded, kind of passively just feeding the poor and praying in their homes. <laughs> they're like in the marketplace. They're at the <clears throat> at the at the city gate. They're they're saying every single thing that uh, we touch must be claimed for Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, you you know those uh, those explorers who planted their flags on the beaches of the places that they yeah. you know discovered. That's that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was scary to the authorities then. I mean, you have Herod, who's just a mere sub ruler right. of a sub ruler, right, right? That's true. And he is so threatened by another king that he has all the the baby boys murdered. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like that that that's very threatening to them and it, and it should be. Um mm-hmm. that's, that's the the point here. And I think that this picture of the possession is su- supremely <laughs> super <Yeah>. super helpful <laughs> in framing the, the the why for the fight because there's no endurance to be had if you don't know what you're doing this thing for. Exactly. And and to have that picture though, I think fills out specifically more. I would assume for for our ladies. Mm-hmm. So for for us, we've talked about this a little bit before. We're we're out in it, mm-hmm. and we can kind of see where we're headed a little bit more. Yeah. But when you're back in home base, it's a little harder to have that vision of where you guys are going. Yeah. Which I mean, it's, it falls on us to, to to communicate that as well. But you do have this picture i think specifically this is why it's such a treasure your children in the home mm-hmm. to be that visual reminder to mom of that this is 
I have a possession even through them. Yeah. And it's an inheritance that's going through them. Because as you started to draw out, and I, I really like this picture of it, is uh, in persecution. And so when, when they don't like it and they decide to start killing our babies, <laughs> which right. they are, um, uh, really their own babies, I guess. Uh, persecution was a hard-fought athletic event, and you said it was displayed superb spiritual athleticism. Yeah. And I really like that picture of it being like inside of a game because I've talked about uh, for for a long time, this picture of like having spiritual agility, like being able to use the scriptures in a way uh, that that's obviously faithful, but that speaks to the moment, that speaks to the trial. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to kind of maneuver and use the tools that you have, right? Yeah. And being trained in that, but the picture of it being like in the contest, which is huge for you know what's coming in chapter yeah. eleven, right? Oh yeah, this great cloud of witnesses. So this this like inside of the game and and putting this spiritual training that you have on display it mm-hmm. was, was an awesome picture I, I really liked that hard fought athletic event because that is where you really start to see people who you, maybe you didn't expect start to shine right exactly yeah yeah he it's I like the the words again the word struggle is so misleading to us I think um, and all the commentators were really clear on that mm-hmm. you can't misunderstand that he's saying struggle as in hard fall athletic event and think um think like the coliseum yeah you know in that day he's got this kind of picture in his mind where you you throw two gladiators in there and you have the crowd uh, watching this public display and these two guys going at it Mm -hmm. and he's saying you were thrown because of your um your unwillingness to be passive you have been thrown into the arena Mm -hmm. you know um of persecution in the midst of all these people watching, you are like, he's basically saying you're the goats yeah. <laughs> in this. You yeah. you are, it's amazing to watch you guys and you should be encouraged by by your well hard uh, fought fight. And if we don't remember though, what our aim and goal is, then, uh, and if we don't actually truly possess that greater treasure, which is why he started with after your enlightenment, that phrase is really key. Like if you're not actually a believer, if you don't actually possess this, then your, your intellectual um, kind of philosophical or f- good feeling faith towards God will fail. Yeah. But that's not going to lead to anything that actually overcomes. And I think a lot of times Christians think that their faith is simply something that they kind of um, hold in thought or feeling, but then there's no action to it. And you know, as you go on in the passage, that's what he's getting to. And of course, chapter 11 is, it's just a huge display of like people's faith in action. Like because they believed this promise, they lived this way. And I think we have a lot of people who claim to be Christians whom the world is not threatened by at all. Because they're not in the arena. Because they're not in the arena, the arena at all, exactly. Yeah, they haven't been enlightened. You've heard the... Uh it's not a poem. It's, it's just a passage, I guess, from Teddy Roosevelt, The Man in the Arena. Yes. So I'll go ahead and read it. I think it's helpful in saying who's 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 in the who's in the dirt and who's in the stands. Yeah. He says it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs. Yet who comes short again and again, because there's no effort without error and shortcoming. Hmm. 
but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself on a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Hmm. Uh, that's that, awesome. That's, yeah, that's a picture that we have of this gladiator arena. It's like we have people <laughs> critiquing yeah. all the fighters. Oh, you made a mistake there. Okay, pick up your sword, man. Yeah. Get in here. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny, uh, speaking of Teddy Roosevelt, it just makes me think of one key ingredient very simply that has to be very present in our lives as believers is just grit. Mm-hmm. Just just grit. Mm-hmm. There's no other way to really put it. Just a, And that's what he's saying when he's talking about you You will have need for endurance. Yep. Um, in chapter 12, after he gives this beautiful you know, list of people of faith, he's going to say, now run with endurance, with patience, the race is set before you. It's this kind of like dogged run mm-hmm. um determined run and it's just grit and uh, teddy roosevelt when he was a kid he was incredibly sickly they didn't know if he was going to live yeah um into like the double digits uh, when he was in a single digits he was a really sickly kid and basically he started exercising he got tough started doing push-ups mm-hmm. and he got tough you know so tough that he was assassination to tip one time and it didn't even <laughs> go through all the muscle and he continued to do his he speech finished his speech, he finished his speech. <laughs> like i saw something recently um where where somebody said in a f- social media comment um like look man if war ever comes <laughs> to america we're screwed we because we we have just lost um this understanding of grit and determination we're talking to our boys right now about what it means to be resilient mm-hmm. Right, like resilience um, and toughness, and that's just so much of what these folks had to endure. And when you, when you think about fighting the fight and warring and the athletic arena, kind of a thing, I don't want to over romanticize that. No, but it changes the way that you would interpret those warnings before. It's true. My guess, my point is like it. It would be easier for you to put a sword in my hand mm-hmm. and me to go out and fight a flesh and blood enemy, right? Um, or like actually being in a physical race where I'm sweating and I feel the pain and um, hear the crowd cheering. Uh, but we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, Mm-mm. right? Um, and there, and we forget the spiritual warfare that's going on and that Satan seeks to sift us. That he seeks to to devour us, and that he seeks to destroy our faith. That's the one who's coming after our faith. That um, that we're trying to persevere, and he's trying to destroy it. And so I think we have to realize that when you have those grand pictures of the arena or the fight, and as you said earlier, like the men are on the front lines and and they're fighting the battle. And I encouraged our ladies to not soften mm-hmm. um, their fighting, stop tr- stop tying bows to their javelins and putting flowers in there. <laughs> In their quivers where arrows should be they're now they're doing that from a place um of god-given desire and design so they they're supposed to be community builders homemakers givers of life beautifiers yeah um but wait wait until we've we've won the day on the battle <laughs> uh, field and then come in and make beautiful what's you know what's been um the possession the possession that we have exactly but uh, one thing that's helped my wife in particular, you, you, know, you said earlier, look at your children, that's your inheritance, is look what God has given you, look what's in your hand, mm-hmm. and 
you know, if you want to use the analogy of the talents, like uh, don't squander, don't go bury your talent in the ground. Yeah. You, be faithful in what God has given you. So if God has given you one child so far, be faithful with that mm-hmm. and trust him for more. Um, if, if you're unable to have more children, then thank God for what you have and be faithful with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and with your covenant children. And, and exactly. And with the covenant children that you have and your church family, be faithful with the job that you have right now right? Be faithful with the marriage and the stage of your marriage that you're at right now. Because if you're not faithful with what you have right now, you're not going to grow. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so don't over romanticize it. You know, you've heard me talk about the pot that Bren washes, mm-hmm. you know, and all the scripture verses that she has on three by five cards taped to the window. You can't see through the kitchen window, um, the sink now, cause she's got so many verses taped <laughs> to it because she needs that truth because that's where the battle happens mm-hmm. for her. The battle happens for me so many times. You know, she, I gave that story yesterday when she said, um, you know, is this fight worth fighting, babe? And I said, yeah. And she's like, well, go get him. We're with you. Mm-hmm. And she's learned in that moment, too, um, to not have to have an explanation from me mm-hmm. on why the fight is worth it. Yeah. So I think our ladies need to be careful about that too, that you need to be able to trust your husbands. <laughs> because it probably wouldn't be persuasive to her. No, exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> there's there's nature differences there and, you know, vision and things that God has called him to do that you, he hasn't called you to do. Now, that doesn't mean that husbands shouldn't take time to explain what's happening, right? In fact, you, you should be living in such an understanding way with your bride mm-hmm. that she knows she can trust you. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, ladies, you can trust, if your husband is following the Lord, even if you're like, man, I don't understand that fully, right? Um, kind of like the way that girls look at boys when they're playing in the mud or <laughs> having burping contest, yeah. and they're like, we don't get those. That's just weird. <laughs> and boys look at girls and they're like, we don't get the whole dolls and the pink dresses. We don't get that. Yeah. All right? Because that's, that's the very nature of who God created us to be. Mm-hmm. When you look at your husband and he's fighting these battles, um, even if there's a sense of like purpose and and he's having joy in the midst of his um, fighting, like uh, like Paul Nike's the, the Spartan who was out in front, like slaughtering the enemy, and he looks back covered in blood and says, "I love my job," <laughs> and everybody rallies, you know, like, and he, he's saying, "I don't love killing." He's like, "I love my homeland and my country, and this is what I was trained to do." Yeah, and so in that moment, there is a joy. Because he's fulfilling his purpose, purpose yeah. and what God created him, to, you know, to do, so to speak, um, what he was trained to do, and that's what that's what we're supposed to do. And so I think that it's important for women to look at their men and say, "Go get him, babe," and I don't need to have an explanation for that. I yeah. can trust you as you follow God, because ultimately, I my trust isn't in you; it's my in trust him. is in God. Yeah, and if and if he's wrong, the Lord will discipline him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think it, the gender difference is helpful, but at the same time, this fight doesn't just happen in the arena. It happens in the arena of the heart. Yes. All right. This is an inward fight first. And so your two things we can kind of, I guess, pair together as we uh, finish this sucker out is growing a spine is for both genders. It is. <laughs> and and growing your faith is for both genders. And both of these start in your heart. Yeah. Uh, they start with you. So when you think about the pictures of growing a spine first, um, you, you have touched on some of these already today, but associating with those who have a spine, repenting of being a Christian coward, uh, which you spent a, a good bit of time defining yesterday, which is really helpful. Yeah. 
making sure that you are suffering for his namesake for righteousness, so don't pick stupid battles. Yes. And fighting with joy. When you think about these on an inward sense, um, which one do you see us generally tripping up on the most? I would, I would say that we we don't um, spend enough time pondering and sifting through the word of the Lord to make sure that we're suffering for His namesake. I didn't spend a ton of time on that um, because I think in many ways we have spent a lot of time on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, the, All of Hebrews thus far is saying this is what you, the Christian should look like. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if you're doing those things, and the author is saying in 10, like if you're doing these things, then you are suffering for righteousness sake. Yeah. But I think it's important for us to remember that this is not, I did say this yesterday, this is not an excuse for men for you just to be like, I'm going to be a jerk, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, and I'm going to run around just slapping people. Yeah, Yosemite Sam. Exactly, yeah. Off both <laughs> and, I think, and I think that's a false understanding of masculinity. I said that being provocative for just provocative sake is sinful. Um, we're not trying to do the shock and all thing. I think that people can get into sinful um stuff when they start trolling people on you know social media and so on like like make sure you actually have flesh and blood um fights to fight not just online mm-hmm. but if if it's righteousness sake um are you really suffering for his namesake because it's really easy for us to think that we are and we're not so how do you do that well you interpret scripture with scripture um you examine your heart like david and say is there any wicked way in me you think about a guy who probably second guessed himself quite a bit on whether or not this was a fight he was supposed to be fighting <laughs> right. like, I didn't ask for this the stakes are really high for him I mean he's, he's got to lead his whole kingdom into it right I mean this old guy and he didn't ask for it this old guy shows up and pours oil on his head <laughs> you know he's like I you know and then he goes and he fights the giant and but that's the that's the, again that's another picture of, of the heritage in, in which we are to follow is mm-hmm. is a young man who looks out and he stands around and ponders like in wonder like why is nobody going out and killing this man mm-hmm. who's the, and what's his anger there he's defying the most high god yep right he's defying our god um, and so if your heart is overflowing with that kind of passion like what does it say when Jesus made a whip, turned the tables over in the temple and drove them out. The disciples remembered the, um, the prophecy, zeal, or the saying, zeal for your house consumes me. Mm-hmm. So the zeal, overflowing enthusiasm and passion and love for God. For your king. And for your king overflowed out of him. And that'll make you do some radical things. Well, I, I'm i not... <laughs> disclaimer, 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 okay? So we can have this conversation <laughs> secondly. But like... That's the way that Muslims respond. It's true. Right? Anytime Muhammad is profaned like that, yeah. they take it very personally. It's true. That's their prophet. Yep. Right? And so if Jesus is our king, we're not just like shrugging off all this stuff yeah. in the name of persecution. Yeah. Right? You speak against it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I mean, there's a lot Preferably of Preferably without a bomb on you. Right. That's <laughs> what I'm getting after. Right. That's the That's the disclaimer. I could again. I could spend a lot of time here, and maybe a king's table episode would be good to talk about how has the American church gotten to the place where it, um, where it's lost its spine. Yeah. 
right? Like, uh-huh. and why do we think that that is the way of Jesus? Uh-huh. Right. Gentle and lowly. That's why I said yesterday, like, and I didn't, I didn't give any disclaimers or caveats or anything. It just wasn't a sermon for that, you know, because you want to say like, well, of course Jesus is gentle. Of course he is lowly and explain that whole thing that he is always gentle in everything that he does, whether mm-hmm. he's talking to the woman at the well or the Pharisees, you know, yep. chuck potatoes in the back of your van, you've been gentle. Mm-hmm. Chuck eggs in the back of your van, no, right? Yep. You, you, you got to handle those differently. But I, I'm tired of having to, you know, caveat those things. I'm tired of having to give disclaimers to those kinds of things. Yeah, everyone's um, looking for the exceptions. It, it is because the because the heritage that we have and the king that we now serve will never be subject again to the torture mm-hmm. and the ridicule and the shame that he was before. Yeah, and we got. I've said this on podcasts before. And I've used this as an example for people that I think misunderstand this kind of Jesus gentle and lowly as they, they misunderstand Jesus's main purpose in coming to earth to die for the sins of the world. Like that was his mission. Mm-hmm. Of course, we learn from Jesus how to handle situations. Mm-hmm. But what Jesus says in his earthly ministry is not greater than what Paul says mm-hmm. in the scriptures, yeah, right? Like, absolutely. Like, don't fall into the red letter Bible thing. Uh-huh. Like, well, that's more important. Jesus never, do you hear people today? Jesus never talked about homosexuality. Well, Jesus never talked about, right? We read the whole Bible, read the right? Whole Bible. And you got to remember that when Jesus is standing before Pilate, he's he's like a lamb led to the slaughter. He doesn't he doesn't revile again. Are there there things there that we can learn for sure? There's there's words in red in Revelation too. <laughs> this is true, right? Exactly, with a sword and mm-hmm. and destroying yeah. his enemies, right? We, and a we horse. exactly. We got to remember that. Got to remember that that we got to be we got to be careful with that. So, I, yeah, again, I, there's not time here to to run it all out and say what I I think maybe a, a longer episode would be helpful to say. Um, I really think it all comes down to that we don't have spines because we really want the world to like us, and we've we've swallowed this lie that we're supposed to make the gospel attractive and adorn it. And just at the very core of our being, we just don't want the world to dislike us. I had Mm -hmm. lots of people, more than I've had in a long time, people come up to me yesterday saying, that is the very thing that I struggle with. I just don't want the world to not like me. Yeah, it's hard. My my non-believing friends, I'm afraid to say what I need to say. Mm Mm-hmm. Just because I'm afraid they're not going to like me, right? yeah. And I I get it, right? Like I, think like I that's said, that's why this battle starts in the heart. It does. You gotta you gotta treasure Christ above all things. Mm-hmm. If He is your greatest possession, then He will be um, the aid to give that persuasion power, mm-hmm. right? That's that's what's going to help you then do the sheepy things, exactly. And grow your faith, yeah, yeah man. Well, you have anything else? Oh, I have lots of things. <laughs> Always have lots of things. No, I like that you set us up for our, our next thing's table. We need to do that one. Yeah, we need to do that. I think it would be good to kind of walk through, um, so you guys can wait, be looking for that episode, like walk through how have we gotten here, how can we avoid getting there again? Because the reason we speak to culture in podcasts, but especially in sermons, is because if it's a battle, then the culture is not just the enemy, but it's also the lay of the land, the battlefield. Yeah. And so knowing how to navigate that and where you stand and where we're moving, right, as 
as a front line yeah. matters. It's not just something that we're throwing out there because it's easy targets. It's no, this is where you stand. Yeah, no, I agree. I would maybe I'd say this um, in the next couple minutes that we have here. Um, I didn't really um, flesh out the how to grow your faith points. I had six of them there, and I just kind of named them. Um, you know, I said read your Bible. Um, when you're reading the word of God and letting the truth of God's word transform our doubts and our hopelessness um, into a strong faith. Mm-hmm. Um, we wonder sometimes at the uh, lack of our faith. Uh, and again, faith is action. Faith is willful obedience like Jesus. Mm-hmm. He willfully obeyed the Father because we are willfully sinful. That's why we needed a willful um willing substitute and he has given his children and his his true followers those who have really been enlightened that same power but we wonder at like our anemic faith mm-hmm. because we uh, neglect our bibles though is the reason uh and and i don't just mean you know i mean how many preachers have said this from the beginning of right <laughs> the church um and the reason we hit this drum all the time because it's so important but i think it becomes kind of just that you know, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, 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 which is true. Mm-hmm. But that just kind of becomes secondhand to us. And I don't just mean reading your Bible, but like, do you treasure it? Do you see it as sufficient and authoritative? Mm-hmm. Like, do you base everything that you do upon God's word? And and we talked about this last time I was, uh, I preached, um, or one of the times that I was on the podcast, because <laughs> uh, we had a funky moment there with not preacher and host and all that kind of stuff. Um. But are you actually in the word of God when there's not some big issue in your life? Mm-hmm. Are you actually seeking it out because this is God's message to us? Mm-hmm. Like, do, you, do you ever want, you ever just like wanted God to speak to you? You ever <laughs> seen that picture of the guy who's like crying out to heaven, this little cartoon, and he's like, God, speak to me. And this giant hand hands him a Bible yep. out of the clouds. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's so simple, man. But that's what it is. And we, um, we let social media... Uh, you know, I know so many people who get on social media the first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. I know so many people who um, pull up news first thing in the morning, and then they wonder at why they are so discouraged, mm-hmm. right? Because and they wonder also why that their their um, outlook on life and their views about society are so skewed is because they're letting those things set the trajectory, yeah, versus the truth, and then letting the truth uh, act as those. Uh, guards mm-hmm. against the lies. So the other ones, you know, pray earnestly. Well, read. sorry to to the reading of scripture. That's part of why we offer the classes that we do. That's true. It's not just to make you um, aware or even fluent in just the text itself. Yeah. But specifically, when you talk about do you base everything that you do off of the Word of God? Mm-hmm. The reason we do systematics, biblical theology, the reason we do the surveys is to help us understand this platform. Or how to use the the text, yeah. So that I can take Genesis one through three, and I can view it faithfully, biblically, accurately, five different ways. Mm-hmm. Because I recognize that there's five different themes going on, right? And so if it's just the story of Adam and Eve get kicked out of the garden, and right. I came from Adam and Eve, then cool. Yeah. I mean, it's better than you know my neighbor might have, mm-hmm. but that's not actually knowing how to use the scripture. Yeah. So that when you have a marital problem and you're struggling with something, you can understand where Paul's getting his exhortations of saying mm-hmm. that the man came before the woman. 
right? There's a theme that that is developed across the scriptures there. Yeah. When you're dealing with the question of the you know the accuser and the deceiving of Satan, it's mm. not just hey man sinned. Yeah. But it's recognizing how to work out deception in your life. Yeah. So it's those kinds of things that we're trying to equip you in ways to. It's not creative for in the the way the world likes to take the scriptures and, yeah. and twist them. It's an understanding of the themes of what God is doing. Yeah. Right. And yeah, you, you said it so well. You know, I said pray earnestly, read theologically rich books, hang out with other believers, faithful believers. All that other stuff is good, but if I just again can highlight, read your Bible, and that's what I was saying earlier about the grow a spine thing. Y- you won't know if this fight is worth fighting, men, and your your why you, you ladies, um, you won't know that your husband is fighting a good fight and able to trust him if you don't um, dive into the scriptures and know this is what it looks like to suffer for righteousness' sake. This is what it looks like to have your king's banner mm-hmm. flying over your head versus your own banner flying over your head, mm-hmm. running into a battle saying, I am suffering for the cause of Christ when you're really suffering because of your own stupidness. <laughs> and what gives? what is the battle plan? What is the guide for, for war? It is the word of God. Mm-hmm. So if you want to know if you're fighting the right battles and how to fight those battles with joy, mm-hmm. Be in the Word of God, yeah, and and not just in a I read my passage in the morning and go on my way, but like meditate upon it. What day and night? Mm-hmm. Do your own training. Do your own training. Do put in the work, so that you'll know what to do. I uh, threw in uh, the third verse of the hymn that you were working on. Oh yeah, at the end yesterday. You want to close us out with that? Go ahead. You read it. Me? Uh-uh. I don't sing. Leave no unguarded place, no weakness of the soul. Take every virtue, every grace, and fortify the whole, that having all things done and all your conflicts past, you may overcome through Christ alone and stand complete at last. Yeah, amen. Well, thank you for uh, for sitting with us this week, Pastor Jeff, and bringing sure. the word. We're looking forward to uh, moving into Chapter 11, a new theme. I think you closing out Immovable, which would be the first time that we've actually used our title. Um, <laughs> was very 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 pertinent and uh that's what we're tackling here so also earlier did you say we don't wrestle against flesh and blood was i supposed to, what was i supposed to say wrestle wrestle i think you i think wrestle came out my people are from kentucky i'm gonna go i'm gonna go look for we that <laughs> <laughs> all right well we want to encourage you as always to go know love and obey jesus as lord overall and we will see you next time see you guys.